All right, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. I'm Ron, and today we got risky middle round running backs. These are going to be the guys that I'm personally drafting in the third and fourth rounds of drafts. And honestly, this is a, a tough spot for running backs. Like, they're going to be either fucking landmines, ruin your team, basically give that buy-in money straight to the commish, or they're going to be league winners, guys that you can you can rely on to go from RB2s to RB1s. And then that that's really what gives you that, that extra advantage in a league. If you can have two RB1s sitting in the in the RB1 and RB2 spots, then you're already ahead of most of your competition. But we're going to go over this little span of running backs. And without further ado, let's go. All right, first up, we have Jonathan Taylor. He's going off the board at the 405 as the RB21 in FFPC high stakes leagues. These guys aren't fucking around. They're they're not tossing their buy-in money to the commission. These guys are paying $250 to $350 to get into these high stakes leagues because I only check the ones that have the high buy-in. So these guys have skin in the game. These guys aren't just uh, auto-drafting. These guys are picking all the way into the very end. So this ADP holds a lot of weight to it. Now, Jonathan Taylor, he's going to board the RB21. I like him even higher than that, maybe... Uh, towards RB15 at the at the middle at the middle part of that third round. Now, when you look at Jonathan Taylor's uh, prospect profile as a rookie, the guy's a fucking beauty, man. He was drafted the, the 209 for good reason, and he's a bust-proof prospect. He checks all the boxes. He has size. He's he's rocked up at 5'10", 226 pounds. He ran a 4.39 40-yard dash with 99th percentile size-adjusted speed, and he has a 93rd percentile college dominator with over 6,000 rushing yards in three seasons at Wisconsin. The guy in only three seasons at Wisconsin is among, I think he's in maybe the top 10 for all-time rushing yards. Jonathan Taylor, he's he's low-key like an all-time great uh, in college football just because of his his career rushing yards. Had he gone for that fourth season, went over 2,000 again, I think he probably would be the all-time leading rusher in college. So he's somebody who's super legit with the talent. He, he can run fast and he can catch too. He had a 76 percentile college target share and he's best comparable to Zeke. So he can catch, he can run, he's super athletic. There's there's nothing there's nothing to hate about this guy's game. And I think the only flaw you can really poke at his college profile is the fucking uh he's got a slight little unibrow going in the in the player profiler picture, but we'll gloss right over, not a big deal. Jonathan Taylor, he's a stud, and I think on day 1, when his when his nuts land in Indianapolis, he is a top 8 to 12 running back from day 1. Don't even have to hand them a, a playbook. He is that good. He landed in Indianapolis, and that's a tough spot in year one with Marlon Mack and uh, Naeem Hines in the backfield. There's only 58 carries available, so there's not much wiggle room right off the bat. But I think what's interesting is when you look at this Phillip Rivers signing, they they go from Jacob or Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers, and that's that's a slight upgrade in my opinion. Probably that's probably a good upgrade. You know what I mean? J Jacoby Brissett, he's good, but do we know that he's an above average quarterback or even an average quarterback he's he's replacement level you know what i mean he's not he's not out there with a starting gig somewhere else so when you look at philip rivers and what he brings to the table he's going to throw to the running back a lot more they only have 58 carries available but they threw the the, the running backs in the running backs in indianapolis only commanded a 17.9 percent target share last year and the chargers running backs benefited from a 30.3 percent target share so i think that we're going to see the running backs maybe there's not going to be a lot of carries to go around, but I think that's going to be supplemented with the with the targets that'll be allotted to the running backs. I think it's going to be a lot like uh, how it was in L.A. for Philip Rivers. He had Melvin Gordon, and I think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. Then you have Austin Eckler, and that's going to be like a Marlon Mackerel. Not from like a receiving standpoint, but from the standpoint of, of volume and a percent of the target share, or opportunity share. All right, next up we have Todd Gurley. He's going off the board at the 302 as the RB15 in drafts. 
and we know what was once the talent of Todd Gurley. We know he was the 101 in 2018. He had some crazy fantasy seasons, 2018 and 2017. The days of Todd Gurley being an elite top 10 uh, in terms of skill running back is behind them. Right now, I'm not sure what's going on with his knee. At this point, it's literally just a ball of fucking duct tape, screws, fake cartilage, man. The thing, the thing looks like a damn frag grenade, man. I, I, I his knee, it, it doesn't look right, and it, it affected his performance last year. Last year, he he didn't have a hundred yards rushing in a game, and he had three point eight yards per carry, which was the worst of his career. I think, I think the the juice, I think he's just added the juice, man. It's he he's not the running backs he once was, and it shows not only on the field but in the efficiency department. He was outside the top forty in true yards per carry, breakaway run rate juke rate yards created per attempt and these are these are tough numbers to look at when we know the kind of stud that todd Gurley was man uh i'm not sure that him being in atlanta really does much for me he goes from having the 31st best offensive line is the 25th and maybe he gets a little bit more volume he was already on pace for 270 touches in 2019 and i'm not sure he gets much more than 270 maybe he he maybe challenges for 300 but what is that really doing for you Last year, he was the RB14 in, in points per game, but it's because he scored he scored 14 fucking touchdowns, man. He, <clears throat> I, I don't know if I would call it lucky, but we, we know that, that was he, he exceeded what he was supposed to get. He only had like 800 rushing yards last year, and I think that we'll see him regress. Last year, a guy who had a, a similar amount of volume as Todd Gurley, although he was on a worse team, it was David Montgomery. He had seven total touchdowns. Now, if we look at uh, Todd Gurley and we give him eight touchdowns instead of the 14 that he actually got eight would probably be a little bit more up to speed for him and he would be the RB 23 in points per game last year that is like one game in front of where Devontae Freeman finished last year we, we've already seen we, we've already seen the future on this we saw what Devontae Freeman did last year and he let us down in the same spot in the third round you were getting Devontae Freeman and he shit the bed he, he wasn't good despite the volume he was getting in that offense now if Todd Gurley, like I said, if Todd Gurley gets eight touchdowns, he finishes as the RB23, and I, I'm not going to say he's going to finish as the RB23. I, I think he finishes somewhere between RB23 and RB14, but I'm going to say more towards RB23, and I'm not completely out on Todd Gurley. This isn't a guy that I'm like, hey, you have to fade him. The the, the volume is there, and there is always that off chance that maybe maybe the the knee has some somehow been revived to some random uh, fucking like stem cells from uh, Cuba. Who Who fucking knows? That, that is in his range of outcomes. For, so for that reason, I, ha I still have him in that tier with guys like Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, that, that middle range tier. I just have him at the back of that. If, if, if he happens to be the last running back available uh, in that tier, that's when I'll, I'll snag him before you get to that next tier. Because I think there's a huge drop off after these risky running backs. All right, last up, we got Leonard Fournette. He's going off the board of the 308 as the RB17 in FFPC drafts. And this is a guy who's on the other side of that touchdown regression. You had... Todd Gurley, who far out exceeded his expectations in the touchdown department. You have you have the boy Fat Leo, Leonard Fournette. Last year only had three touchdowns, but he had fifteen he had over fifteen hundred total yards. Career year for him from a production and yardage standpoint, but the touchdowns were very disappointing, man. He in his previous twenty one games in his career, he had a touchdown on every one hundred twenty two yards from scrimmage. If if he did that in twenty nineteen, that would have been thirteen touchdowns. Now this is the average. You guys remember, this is this is just the fucking average, the tip of the iceberg, man. It, it's not the we're not running out the best case scenario on Leonard Fournette. This is just the average amount. Every 122 yards from scrimmage, and I think that's maybe less. I think that's uh, below average. I want to say JJ Zacharyson came out and said it was more towards like 100 yards. You get a touchdown every 100 yards, 
So if he if Fournette gets 13 touchdowns, which is the the average amount of what he should have given the yardage total he had last year, he would have gone from the RB11 all the way to the fucking RB4, man. He would have been in the conversation with guys like Dalvin Cook and uh, Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott and that and that tier of running backs after uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. I think he'd be going around or uh, he wouldn't be in that exact tier uh, this year in redraft because of all these like trade rumors and the offseason stuff. But I think he would be getting drafted in the in the early to mid second rounds, uh, in the early to mid second rounds of drafts in two thousand twenty. I feel like when you get him in the third, at, you can get him. At, I don't mind him, dude. If you have if you get McCaffrey and you come back around in the two twelve and uh three hundred one, and you end up with like McCaffrey, Fournette, and maybe a, a, a wide receiver like DJ Moore, I, I I love that start, man. Now Fournette, he he wasn't great in the efficiency department. He actually was pretty bad, but I I don't think it was so much on his talent. I think. Uh, it, it was sort of the things around him. He, he was outside the top 25 in yards created per touch, and he did poorly in production premium and fantasy points per opportunity, but he also had the fourth most defenders in the box and the fifth most stacked uh, box rate. So he was when every time he was lining up to get the ball handed off to him, there was already seven or eight guys in the box waiting for him. Uh, he, was, he was way above league, league average, and I believe that Todd Gurley was outside the top I think like I think he was around like 19 or, or 20-ish when I looked at it. So Todd Gurley wasn't facing these stacked boxes. It was more of a talent thing for him. Whereas I think for Fournette, his inefficiencies were due to the lack of talent in that offense because the, the boxes were always stacked. Now even with this, he he still improved on on the two years prior. Man, he he had a crazy season, over 1,500 yards. Like I said, the best yards per carry he's ever had. And when you look at it this season, or, or when you look at the the most important thing was the 100 targets in 2019. Now, this should decrease slightly because, like I said, I think the team will get better, and they have one of the easiest schedules uh, in the NFL, and they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, and Minshew's going to progress. They just got LaVisca Chanel. DJ Trust coming into year three. Now, I think that Fournette, he, he might not have 100 targets. That's a little crazy. I think he'll have around, like, 65 to 70, and I think that's just fine. And I don't want to hear about fucking – I don't want to hear any of the, 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 the Twitter trolls, the YouTube comments talking about, oh, but Chris Thompson, this is going to be an RBBC. Look, uh, Chris Thompson, I, I get it. He, he's a good receiving back, and he is a slight threat, but he's been hurt each of his last three seasons. He's now 30 years old, and Fournette has dealt with uh, with TJ Yeldon in the past and still been great. Fournette has been nothing but great his whole year, man. He's finished as a top 12 running back in points per game in each of his first three seasons, and that was with TJ Yeldon in the backfield. And in 2020, he's going to have a little extra motivation. He's playing for a contract. The Jaguars have been trying to trade him all season. He has a chip on his shoulder, man. He has something to prove. He's not taking shit from anybody. This is going to be a Leonard Fournette where he's drived and motivated, and that's one of the things that's been holding him back this whole time. So look for Leonard Fournette to be hungry to and, and to perform this year at the the RB around the RB fifteen spot in the, in the middle of the third round. Love that price. Leonard Fournette's a guy I'm targeting everywhere this year. All right, you've made it this far, man. Go down below, subscribe, leave a like, comment, uh, and look for more fantasy content coming up in these weeks, man. It's now August. We have uh, week one happening September 1st. Who knows? Maybe Roger Goodell will get his shit together. Um, I, we don't know, but if there's going to be a season, I can't wait for it. We're going to get content out up from now up until week one. And I'm going to have betting picks up in two weeks for that UFC 252 card, DC versus uh, Stipe. That's going to be a super fun card to break down. You can get my full betting picks at Ron Stewart underscore on Twitter. And as always, I'll see you in the next one.